Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Talbot. Welcome back to our series on unnamed women. This week, we're talking about the women of the Bible for three weeks, but this week we're doing uh, five women that we don't know their names. We just know where they were from or their sickness or or their sin. And uh, we have done the adulterous woman and we've done the Samaritan woman We and the bleeding woman. We we don't really know their names. We just know circumstances about their lives. And, and today we're doing one of those women that we don't know her name. We just know where she was from because it was supposed to be a very, very bad, bad place. Have you ever underestimated somebody? Like you see somebody and you say, oh, that person probably knows nothing about anything, you know. So, and all of a sudden they start talking and you're like, wow, where did they get this stuff? And then all of a sudden you respect them because they know what they're talking about. Well, something like that happens to this woman. I mean, the in the Gospel of Mark, the disciples are so dense. You know, we we sometimes like to put the disciples on a pedestal and say, well, you know, Jesus chose them because they were very smart and they knew a lot of things. But but that's not the case. As a matter of fact, they were quite dense. They, they, they never got anything. And Jesus had to repeat things more than once. And even after he had uh, ascended to heaven, he had to remind them a few times of a few things. But this woman who is in a place... Actually, she's known as the Syrophoenician woman. She was from Tyre and Sidon. You know, this this was a place that would be woo, a bad place for the people of Israel. That's where the evil Jezebel was from. And, and so nothing good could come from there. I mean, how would you expect a woman? First of all, a woman. You know, that, that was enough already. I mean, women were not supposed to know anything. They were property of the men. They were supposed to be in the kitchen, uh, you know, cooking and uh, not doing business or whatever. This woman is so bold. She comes to talk to Jesus, and she's from a different race, and she's going to leave all of us speechless when we're done with the story. So why don't we get started? Her story is between two other stories that are very, very important, and, and actually her story is the breakthrough of the Gospel of Mark, where he will tell us, uh, you know, the Gospel of Mark is believed to be Peter's version of the Gospel that he told John Mark, who used to travel with him, and you can look at this in the book of Acts. But when Mark tells the story, this is his breakthrough event, this dialogue with this Syrophoenician woman. This is when he will show us the scope of Jesus' ministry and how everybody's included, that there's not a select group of people that he came after, that he actually came for anyone who will listen and anybody who wants him. So this story of the Syrophoenician woman is in the middle of two other very known stories, and they are the feeding stories of, of Jesus. So we're going to start on Mark chapter 6, starting on verse 34. This is the very known 5,000 fed is, is the title on some of our Bibles. The 5,000 people that will be fed with the bread. And we are in Jewish territory, and we start like this on Mark chapter 6, verse 34. When Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd, and he felt compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them. Well, the problem started that they didn't have anything to eat. So at one point, he says to them, we have to give them something to eat. And the, actually, the disciples were asking him to send the people away, and he answered them on verse 37. 
you give them something to eat. And, you know, and they sh- should have said, what? What are you talking about? Us? But they didn't do that. They started counting their money and this and that. And they said, we, we can't do this. All of a sudden, um, one of them uh, brings five loaves of bread and two fish. So this is where the story starts. And don't forget we're in Jewish territory because the whole context is going to be given to us in numbers and words that had to do with the Jewish people. So I'm going to read verses 39 to 42. He commanded them to sit down by groups on the green grass. They sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Actually, I have to interrupt myself here. The groups of hundreds and fifties was very important to them because that's the way Moses had the groups in the desert. So it's almost like we're seeing the new Moses coming up. We're in the desert. There's nothing to eat. Remember how Moses divided everybody in groups of hundreds and fifties? Well, that's exactly what Jesus does. Verse 41, he does four things with this five loaves of bread. He took the five loaves and looked towards heaven and he blessed the food and broke the loaves and gave it to the disciples. He does four things, four verbs, very important verbs that we'll see later on. And they all ate and were satisfied. And we're uh, we're told that they picked up 12 basketfuls. And this is obviously a very important number for Israel because there were 12 tribes. And here we have one basket left for each one of the tribes. And we're told that they were, they ate and were satisfied. Now, a little, a little thing I want to tell you from the Greek is that the word for baskets is kofinoi, which were were the baskets of the Jews. So here we have 5,000 men, says verse 44. Obviously, five is very important for the Jews, too, because of the Pentateuch, the Torah, the five books of the of the law. So, 5,000 men, and we have five loaves of bread, and we have 12 kofinois, baskets of the Jews, left, one for each tribe. So, we're all happy. We're all satisfied. We have the sheep of Israel that are being fed. So, some of the people would say, hey, this is our Messiah. He came for us. And then, all of a sudden, we get <laughs> something a dialogue with a woman that is not part of us. And this is where the breakthrough happens because we're all going, what? Jesus is going to talk to this woman? Well, if you continue reading on on verse 45, um, Jesus says, we have to go to the other side of the lake. And they get into a big storm. And uh, verse 52 is very interesting after the storm because it says that they had not gained any insights from the incident of the lobes, and that's why they were afraid in the storm. And you're going like, what does the bread have to do with the storm? Well, obviously, Jesus was enacting all these parables, these, these messages to them to teach them a lesson. But, you know, they were dense. They didn't understand. So we get the word bread many, many times because bread was something very common people all needed their daily bread. They, many of them got paid daily to just to be able to buy their bread. So, on chapter 7, we continue to talk about bread and uh, what is clean and what is unclean and all these questions that, that the Pharisees always had for Jesus. And then we come to verse 24. Now, don't forget, we just had the feeding of the bread to the 5,000, to the Jews, to the people of God, and they were all satisfied with the bread. So, here we go on chapter 7, verse 24. This is the unnamed woman that we have come to know as the Syrophoenician woman. Verse 24, Jesus got up and went away from there to the region of Tyre. Now, everybody would go, Woo! Tyre? Are you kidding me, Jesus? We don't go to those places. We don't get into those, those rooms. We don't go to the dark alleys. That's for other people to do. You have to stay on this side of the lake. But not for Jesus. Jesus has come for all. And so we hear this 
verse 25. After hearing of him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. Now, she, in the, in the eyes of the disciple, is not deserving of Jesus' attention. And we're told in verse 26 what some scholars call a crescendo of the merit because she was a woman and she was a Gentile and she was of the Syrophoenician race. I mean, how bad can it get? She's already a woman, which is bad enough for that, that society. But on top of that, she's a Gentile. On top of that, she's from Tyre and Sidon. She kept asking for the demon to be cast out of her daughter. And he talks to her in a riddle. And guess what? It's about bread. Just We just left the other story about bread. And he says to her, let the children be satisfied first. Remember our big word, satisfied, from the previous story? Jesus says, let the children be satisfied first. It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, the disciples would have said, yeah, Jesus, go, Jesus. That's the way you should talk to this woman. But actually, Jesus was doing a riddle to see if somebody understood who he was. And this woman, who you don't expect to understand anything, understands her, his riddle. And verse 28, she answered with such wisdom and a keen mind, understanding what he said. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. She understood. She says, Oh, the children of Israel can be satisfied first. No, no problem. But we can get a little bit of the crumbs that are coming from their table, can't we? And Jesus was amazed that she understood. Verse 29 says, he said to her, because of your answer, go, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And actually, she got it. And this is the breakthrough because the same words are being used, bread and satisfied, as it was on the 5,000. Well, as you probably uh, expect, on chapter 8, we have another feeding but this time we're on Gentile territory. This time Jesus is feeding those who were on the other side of the lake, not the ones like us, not the ones that dress like us, not, not, not the ones that look like us, the other ones. And this is called the 4,000 because all the numbers change and all the words change. And this time there are 4,000 people that are being fed and there's seven loaves of bread, which if you have time, Go later to the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 19, and to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, verse 1. And you will know that in geography, number 7 meant the seven pagan nations that Israel had displaced in the promised land. So everything now is seven. We have seven um, loaves of bread. We have seven baskets left. But we have everybody satisfied again. And I'm going to read it to you in verse 5, chapter 8 of Mark, verse 5. And he was asking them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven. And he directed the people to sit down on the ground. This time, not in hundreds and fifties, because we're no longer in Israel territory. And he did the four verbs. He took the seven loaves. He gave thanks. He broke them. And he gave it to them. And we're told in verse 8, and they were all satisfied now, the 4,000, obviously, you already know, had to do with the four corners of the earth and, and the universality of, of, of what Jesus had come to do. But this time, the basket, the word for basket, is spuris. It's no longer kofinos, because the spurides were the baskets of the Greek. Well, there's a great summary that Jesus does on this, just in case they missed it, on chapter 8 of Mark. And it's only found in the Gospel of Mark, this the little summary. Jesus says in verse 18, Having eyes do you not see? Having ears do you not hear? Do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets? By the way, the word is kofinoi, because it was a Jewish basket, full of broken pieces you picked up. And they said 12. 
And then he says, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many? And he uses the other word, spurious. How many large baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said, seven. And he says, do you not yet understand? Do you not get who I am? Do you not get the scope of my ministry? Well, the disciples are dense as we are sometimes. And, and um, well, they realize that Jesus' mission is bigger than they un- understood. That it wasn't just for one little group of people. That he was crossing all boundaries and going to the other side of the lake and all this kind of stuff. But nobody really knows what the bread symbolizes. They just know that there's a lot of bread for a lot of people. For the, the 5,000 and for the 4,000. For the 12 tribes and for the seven pagan nations. But Jesus then will um, make his riddle clear in the Lord's Supper. Because on Mark chapter 14, verse 22, he will do exactly the same four verbs that he has done on the two feedings. Verse 22, while they were eating, he took some bread and blessed the bread and broke the bread and gave it to them and said, take it. This is my body. This is when we realize that these dialogues and these enacted parables were actually telling us that Jesus' broken body is for everybody. Is, is, is for those who have been in the church for 30 years and is for the kids with green hair and belly button uh, earrings and all kinds of weird stuff because Jesus came to save everyone, not just the ones that look like us or the ones that behave like us. He wants to cross to the other side of the lake too. He has enough bread. There's enough bread for me. There's enough bread for you. There's enough bread for your grandchild. There's enough bread for your kid that is in jail. There's enough bread for everybody. And the dialogue of the Syrophoenician woman is the breakthrough event that reminds us that there is no second-class citizens in the kingdom of God. God reaches out to everyone. (laughs) Can you imagine? He reached out to me, a wretch like me. So if he can save me, he can save you. He can save all of us. So accept what he has to to offer you. He is for everyone. God so loved the world that whoever believes in him will be saved. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.